Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. <laughs> everybody, and welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Nice. That I'm Sydney McElroy? I was hoping it would be you. I'm, si- I'm sitting directly across of from you. Of the co-hosts on Sawbones, you are my favorite. I'm. Are you doing Sawbones without me? Are I there are, are there rogue Sawbones? I do three to four Sawbones per week, in a good week. I do three to four sawbones. I do. Well, it's different regions. I find that very upsetting. I forget if I'm doing American sawbones. I also do British sawbones, don't I? And then um, um, sawbones. Go ahead. What other accents? Go ahead. I, um, what you got? You do some um, Australian for me? She, we watch a lot of Bluey. Come on. Um, oh, I just, I, Wait, what is I, that noise? Oh, I, do sawbones? Uh huh. That's still British. Yeah. That's it. That's I how you get sawbones in Transylvania. Oh, okay. All right. There's different regions of sawbones. You got a Canadian sawbones for me? Eh? Hey. Mm. Uh, I'm nose, surprised you it? didn't try to rename it like uh, Dragon's Den and Shark Tank. Yeah. That yeah, that would be. They do have different names. Don't. Don't. I see the gl- glimmer in your eyes. Don't ask me to vamp those, please. <laughs> it's been a long day. Just we'll take we'll take your day. submissions, okay? I know it's been a long day. It's a uh, uh, so I had a, a suggestion for an episode that I thought was an interesting an interesting one, not a new topic, an old topic reapplied to new events. Rick, 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 remix. Uh, Bailey wrote in and reminded me of episode. Um, long time ago, two seventy six. Wow, that's several. That's several. Mm-hmm. That's like over eight hundred sawbones ago. N- no, if you count all the different. Oh, oh okay. I was yeah. gonna say. Oh, all right. Yes, uh, all the secret ones. I don't know about. Uh, we did an episode way back then on um, World of Warcraft and a plague that yes. occurred within the game. Yes, I remember a prescient episode. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Uh, we didn't know it at the time. Um. But what Bailey pointed out is that it would be interesting to apply what we talked about theoretically, what we learned in that episode mm-hmm. to the events of the last couple of years. And I thought that might be a fun way to revisit it. Not fun. Fun isn't the word. That's not the word. <laughs> but interesting. Um, because at the time when we did that episode, we talked about how the events of in this World of Warcraft plague were used to sort of theorize what a real life, you know, pandemic would look like. 
And a lot of people, as we talked about in that episode, disagreed. Like, well, I don't know. This seems a little far fetched. Mm -hmm. So who was right? And now we have the data. Who knew we would have it so quickly? How lucky we Uh, are to have. Well, no, but we can. Okay, so first of all, just to just to rehash. And again, this episode is is still you can listen to it for the full accounting of this this event. Right. Um, but to briefly... That's probably going to be a little weird, a bit of a weird one to listen to uh, at this point, as many of our pre-COVID episodes are. So to, to kind of rehash what happened, uh, there was an epidemic uh, that started on September 13th, 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is when I'm going to have to talk about World of Warcraft as if I understand all of these things I'm about to say, mm-hmm. and Justin is going to have to give context. I will try. It's been a long time since I've played World of Warcraft. So but. Blizzard introduced a new raid called Zul'Gurub into the game. Okay. Okay, it was an update. It's in Stranglethorn Vale, if you're curious. Okay. Uh, the end boss, Hakar, could use a debuff. Hmm. Yeah, I love this slang you're tossing around, Sid. And a debuff is a spell? A spell, yes. <laughs> is that a, right? Well, a debuff is technically like, it's the, a buff is like something that makes you run faster, or makes you heal better, or makes you hit harder. Oh, okay. A debuff is the opposite of right. that. It makes your stats worse. Okay. The debuff. All right. Makes you hit softer. Makes you hit more gently. <laughs> Oof. You, you, fl- you wounded me. That kind of deal. And then you can, okay. So this was called Corrupted Blood. That made me, that, that doing that bit made me want to watch more um, uh, Our Flag Means Death. We should do that <laughs> after we're done recording. Okay, we can do that. Let's record first. Uh, so <laughs> Corrupted Blood would kill killer kill characters um, like over time. Like it would slowly like. With nature damage. Give you damage. A da- th- there's a name for that. A, oh. a dot. Damage over time. Okay. All right. Um, and. Uh, it basically like how fast you died depended on how high your level was, right? So yeah. like lower level characters. Well, that's a bit reductive, but okay. how high your hit points are, which different sure. character classes have different hit points, um, etc. So you lived a, a varying amount of time. Okay. Okay, and it could be passed on to other characters. Okay, it's contagious. That's key here. Mm-hmm. It usually did between two hundred fifty and three hundred points damage. Mm. Okay. Mm. Uh, pets could also get it. And even if you would dismiss your pet, which I guess is a thing you can do in World of Warcraft. Get out of here. The pets still, like, had it. Okay. Like, if you summoned them, they would still have it. Okay. It didn't make it go away. Okay. Now, beyond that, you could also give it to NPCs. Non-playable characters. Whoa. I know what that is. Okay. Um, and NPCs aren't going to die. Like, they can get it, but they're not going to be killed by it, but they can spread it. Okay. okay. And so, um, basically, this this plague gets released into World of Warcraft is the point. And this was probably, it's it's worth noting, I'm guessing, it's a, it's a bug because this effect should have been something that affected you in the, in the raid itself. Mm-hmm. Right. Not something that you brought out of the raid, right? So, something was not working sure. as intended. But it, it, as you have said, you could carry it out. Um, and basically, everybody started dying of this plague. And it was sort of destroying the game. You know, people were very upset because um, 
you couldn't, I mean, if you got it, there was not much you could do about it. You were sort of doomed and everybody was carrying it and NPCs were carrying it and pets were carrying it. And um, at one point there were like hundreds of bodies littering the streets of towns and cities all throughout World of Warcraft. Mm. Like not actual bodies, like... Digital bodies? Digital bodies. That well, would be I mean, weird <laughs> if they had actual human corpses in the video game world of Warcraft. What are you talking... I mean, I know well, you don't understand. I mean, when I said that, like that sentence is very d- disturbing. But then if you take it in context that it's a computer game, it's less disturbing. It's more... Oh, okay. And, uh, and of course, it is okay. Like, like any video game or computer game, when you die, you can come back. But, like, it takes a toll on your, what, points, status. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's bad for your play. It's bad for gameplay. <laughs> I'm not going to crap you anymore because I enjoy this too much. Go ahead. Yeah, it's bad for your play because you lose your play. <laughs> it's like you're playing. <laughs> like you're playing back in. Anyway, so, okay. So what was interesting about this is that Blizzard tried to do a bunch of stuff to, like, fix it because uh oh everybody's mad so first they attempted a voluntary quarantine so okay look if you have it please stay in your digital hut i don't know digital home your thatched roof i imagine thatched roofs are part of this game i'm certain yeah for okay. sure it just feels right to me yeah i don't know but uh, they, and they always do they always do clarify everything in the game is being digital that's mm-hmm. good that's a really good point <laughs> They always say, like, meet me in my digital hut. I have a digital bed there. <laughs> I'll be wearing digital clothes and we can eat some digital food. Uh, so they. With our digital non real <laughs> corpses littering they, the streets. They tried a voluntary quarantine, um, but like people didn't take it seriously. Can you imagine? Oh, they told I see. people okay. it's a good idea to stay home and not go out into crowds. But some people didn't take it seriously I and see did it anyway. I see what we're doing here. Yes. Okay. The uh, <laughs> the other thing that started to happen is um, major towns and cities began to become abandoned. And this, I guess, affected gameplay as well because, like, you couldn't – there was nobody running, like, your stores or whatnot or, like, there was nobody there. Like, you couldn't interact with other players. You couldn't do anything. Mm. Um, it harmed sort of the way the game was structured because there's stuff that's supposed to happen, I guess, in yeah. cities, yeah, business stuff, and whatnot. Stuff does happen. Yeah. And you, nothing was happening because nobody was there Yeah, because everybody ran away because they all sort of ran to the countryside, leaving the mm. urban areas filled with, like, you know, dead people and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Right? Wait, real dead people or... Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do this anymore. The plague ended October eighth, two thousand five, um, when Blizzard made pets unable to be affected, uh, and thereby rendering it unable to exist outside of Zulgrub. Um, they ended up at one point they had to do like uh, hard resets on servers to fix oh. a lot of it. Wow. Yeah, it was a big deal. Um, some people tried to say that this was just a stunt, or mm. maybe something intentional. Oh. Digital China cooked it up in a digital lab, that yes. kind of thing. Some people became sort of conspiracy theorists that this was intentionally I mean, sure I don't know in a I don't know what a computer from... game context for that would be, but in, in real life, I guess to start sort of making this comparison, obviously uh the quarantine comparison is easy to make. In real life, a lot of people began to suspect that COVID was either a lie, right? We had a lot of um COVID deniers. 
Uh, and then uh, people who... Very generous of you using the past tense. Appreciate that. We have. And then uh, people who also decided that, well, it's real, but it was leaked from a lab and made intentionally to kill everybody. It's a biological weapon, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of that definitely happened. And um, it after this happened in the game, there were epidemiologists, there were people who decided, like, I want to use this as something we can study. Mm-hmm. Um, because the hard part about studying diseases in theory, it, communicable diseases, is that mathematical models are really good. And we've learned this in COVID. We, we talked all the last two years about, like, the concept of the r not. Mm-hmm. How many people is a sick person going to spread something to, right? Mm-hmm. Spread, spread it, like, how many other people are going to get infected? And a lot of that is dependent on what they do. Like, yes, disease characteristics come into play, right? Like, how right. how easily is it spread and how long are you communicable? You're trying to model a typical human being and their behavior and the way they respond, respond to an atypical situation. Right. So what will someone do in this situation that will affect how many other people are going to catch it from them? Um, and this was a great thing to study, or at least some people argued that at the time, because we are seeing, you know— people react in real time. And this is something that that math is limited in its ability to predict Mm -hmm. because we have to factor in the idea that sometimes humans do illogical things. Right. Right. So player responses varied, um, but that thought was that these are real-world behaviors, okay? Some characters, uh, for instance, with healing abilities would go try to heal characters that were sick. That's a great. There's a great market for that. That's a great way to make a, a few extra plat. Is it? Well, I mean, yeah. It, people are always looking for healers. Not um, a lot of people want to play them. Oh no, I'm, I have more to talk about. You see, when I played as a druid in EverQuest, <laughs> okay, we're not gonna. We would but, offer to teleport people for like thirty platinum. Mm-hmm. We'll teleport them to go Quagkite River. And How much longer do I have to let you go? Uh, just that long, actually. Okay, perfect. Um, but as you can imagine. If you are a healer and you're running to the place where the sick people are, you're at risk for getting oh, sick. Right. Which our front line, <laughs> our front line responders of World of Warcraft. Exactly, which is something that um, would be hard to model, but we can see, we saw play out in COVID, especially in the very first wave where uh, we were short on personal protective equipment and. We our hospitals were overwhelmed in a lot of areas, especially in large urban areas, and we had a lot of healthcare workers contracting the virus because they were doing their job. They were trying to help people, and so that they were some of the first people who were put at high risk as a result. Um, so we definitely saw that play out in real life. Uh, there were also people who would try to like steer people away from infected areas. Uh, there, some characters would like some people would intentionally like I'm going to go where it's safer. I'm going to go hide my house, right? I'm going to go on lockdown. Um, other people, like, continued to uh, try to get the disease and spread it to other people. That actually tracks. Well, I think we'd call that griefing or trolling. <laughs> um, and, I mean, I, you know, the theory about that at the time was nobody would ever actually engage in behavior to get a disease, Ah, the, the, this was the thought, and this oh, is oh, as we're going to talk about. This is why the idea of using this as a model for how people react was kind of controversial. Is the thought was, well, 
you know that you're not really going to die. Like, this is different. This is fake. This isn't real. And so while there were people who took it seriously and were like, I don't want to get corrupted blood. I'm going to go hide somewhere. There were other people who sort of ran to it and got it just to sort of be part of the thing. Um, And a lot of uh, critics said, well, no one would do that. Mm. But I think what we saw with COVID is not, and what we continue to see, is not so much the idea, I want to get COVID so that I'm part of it, right? I, I don't, I mean, maybe. That doesn't seem to be. I mean, maybe in people's subconscious, but I, I don't think that's been a, no. a large part of the narrative. I, I'm not going to say, humans are weird, and so probably someone somewhere, right? Like, that's true for everything, probably someone somewhere. Oh, for sure. But overarching, the, the reason that we did see people at least act with so much abandon that it was almost as if they were trying to get COVID. Right. Uh, was this idea of herd immunity that got put out there so early. The idea that the faster we all get it and get over it, the faster we achieve herd immunity and the faster we can get on with our economy, (laughs) I think was the idea. Um, And you heard it in the beginning too. Do you remember that for just a moment early in COVID, it was suggested by our leaders that maybe we need to sacrifice our elderly to save the economy? Do you remember this? That maybe elderly people need to accept that this is a time to, you know, give back. Yeah, to to take one for the team. And I mean, nobody said it overtly. Certainly implied, though. But it was implied. Sacrifice your olds. That, that, you know, but I mean, the stock market's really hurting, guys. So, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's not just the stock market. We didn't call you the greatest generation for nothing. They closed Disney World. So, I mean, it was pretty serious. So, I mean, the idea that nobody would ever intentionally or act with abandon or we wouldn't have that expectation, I mean, that is part of a pandemic. Sometimes in a pandemic, people go out and get infected. There are probably people (laughs) who, after they got the vaccine, did try to swerve into COVID. I bet there's a subset of people that did that just to be like, yeah, yeah, I got it. Yeah. There were two epidemiologists, uh, three, three, but two that we're going to continue to talk about, Eric Lofgren and Nina Pfefferman, who wrote a lot of papers, also um, ran, Bailser did. But um, I want to talk mainly about Lofgren and Pfefferman because they continue to write about this and we're going to talk about some updates because they, they yeah. have also looked back on their work in light of recent events yeah, I'm sure. and done a lot of the same thing we're doing right now. Um, but before we do that, let's go to the billing department. Let's go. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going to. Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool. Think of it as... The palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business 
or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts. And that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed. But we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat, delicious meals right to your door. And not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real, high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got like fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From 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 a, a box? Pre-prepared? All I got in two minutes? I mean, filet mignon? That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, And the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Max Fun Drive is just around the corner. 2022. Starting April 25th, it's the best time of the year to support your favorite shows by becoming a Max Fun member or upgrading your membership. Just two weeks. We've got some great episodes and amazing thank you gifts in store. And who knows, maybe a few surprises. Don't forget bonus content. So make sure to tune in starting Monday, April 25th to get all the juicy details on what each show has in store. Actually, wait, what are the details anyway? And why are they juicy? That's kind of a strange adjective to describe Look, it's a rough world out there, especially lately. I get it. So let's take care of our minds as best we can. I'm John Moe, host of Depression Mode with John Moe. Every week, I talk with comedians, actors, writers, musicians, doctors, therapists, and everyday folks about the obstacles that our world and our brains throw in front of us. Depression, anxiety, traumatic stress, all those mental health challenges that are way more common and more treatable than you might think. The first time I went to therapy, I was so ashamed, and I was like, can't believe I got to go into therapy. Like, I thought I could be a man, and Humphrey Bogart was never in therapy. And then my dad said, yeah, but he smoked a carton of cigarettes a day. Give your mind a break, give yourself a break, and join me for Depression Mode with John Moe. Um, Sid, you were going to talk about kind of like updates to this to this case. 
What, what's uh, what's been happening since since in the light of COVID? So what was interesting is that these three epidemiologists that I already mentioned wrote papers at the time at when this originally happened, comparing these uh, what happened in World of Warcraft to historical uh, epidemics or pandemics. Okay, so like Balliser mentioned it in uh, relation to um, avian flu and SARS was prescient. Um, same kind of idea because animals were involved and it had the potential for rapid global spread and just like this. And uh, that was, you know, one sort of perspective was like, look at this past plague. This really connects to that. There was another paper where Pfefferman and Lofgren just sort of went into like, instead of comparing it to old uh, plagues, talked about how this could really be revolutionary as a way to predict future pandemic human behavior. Mm. Because as we talked about, it, that's hard to do um, sometimes with mathematical modeling. Um, so they had started working on some more like simulations and things like that at the time, uh, uh, like that would show how this might play out were we ever to have right. a global right. pandemic with this kind of thing. So uh, some of the things that they had predicted is, are that we need to look, if we do have a pandemic, um, we need to look at the idea that some people will put themselves at risk, like healthcare workers, but that, that then they will get sick and that they are at risk of infecting others, yeah. right? Yeah. The other thing that they talked about was that if we have something that is contagious for a longer period of time, if we take great pains to keep people alive, which we should, but that the consequence of that is the whole time they're alive, they're communicable. So we extend the time that people can be exposed. And we saw this happening in hospitals, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then on the other hand, like I said, some people were just infecting other people willy-nilly because yeah. they were going about their life. In some cases, they were just going about their life. You know, they mm -hmm. didn't want to stop going to cities and doing what, I mean, what do you do in World of Warcraft? Sell things, fight people. Tip. Is that it? Tip. Is there are there others? Do you make a weapon? No, <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying there's, to think of activities you could do. You fight people and talk. Um, just like the real, just like real life. You could. Uh, they gave the option at one point to flag yourself if you were infected. Oh really? Mm hmm. But it was optional. Ah. So. Uh, I it which calls to mind like so then you start thinking like well in a real pandemic. If there was a way, if you knew instantly and there was a way to make sure other people knew you had COVID, would you make sure and tell every? I mean, wouldn't you do that? Like, surely you wouldn't go out into the world and infect people if you knew you had COVID. But how many, how many articles have we read during the pandemic people of people getting on that. airplanes knowing they had COVID and exposing everybody in the airplane to COVID? Um, we've heard these things over and over again of people going into group settings and parties and you know, public transportation with COVID knowing they had it, um, which again was something that like you wouldn't predict if you were thinking of humans as essentially rational creatures. Yeah. Well, they, they should have been disabused of that notion quite some time ago. It shouldn't have taken COVID to do that. <laughs> the, the other thing they argued is that um, a lot of people were just going out to like work to, I guess you make money that way. You can have jobs I mean, and make money. Your work is killing stuff and mining and doing that kind of thing. So, yeah. So, or being at the auction house. There's a place where you 
go to sell your wares um, where you have to post up and they can get pretty crowded. Some people uh, continue to go to work. And again, the thought was like, if you're sick, you won't go to work. Well, what we all learned again during COVID is that if you're sick, maybe you don't want to go to work, but often you're expected to. I mean, those kobolds aren't going to slay themselves, Sydney. Somebody's got to get out there and get those crush bone belts, and et cetera. <laughs> well, and I think a lot of essential workers would testify to that, that they were, I mean, yes, we don't want you to come spread COVID, but also you're essential. Um, and I know there were many times throughout the pandemic where the the restrictions on how sick you had to be, how tested you had to be, all that stuff got, sort of. Got a little looser. Got when, looser. When times demanded it, yeah. Well, and I think the much publicized in the in the last sort of big spike that we had with Omicron, um, healthcare workers who were positive but had been vaccinated only had to stay home for, what, five days and mm-hmm. then could go back. Mm-hmm. As long as they were asymptomatic or right. or had been 24 hours out of fever or whatever, getting better. Um, so all of a sudden we had people that in the beginning of the pandemic, we would absolutely not have considered allowing to leave their homes. Yeah. We're urging them to get back to work faster and not only to get back to work, to get back to the hospitals where, yeah, right. <laughs> full of sick, you know, at risk, vulnerable people are. Um, some people attempted to sell fake cures during the corrupted ah, blood incident. Now we're talking. Um, I, you know, this is not a surprising one. I feel like if you're trying to like model out what happens during a plague, you didn't need COVID to tell yeah, you that this that happens. One's a gimme. All of history, we've been doing this. <laughs> um, of course, uh, you know, COVID has brought us some some really wild new additions to the uh, the collection of fake pandemic cures. We've got, you know, deworming medicines. Ivermectin is up there. Oleander that the pillow guy told us we should all take. Remember the poison oleander? Uh, yeah. The my pillow guy. Remember with that <laughs> remember in the coronavirus time with the my pillow guy trying to poison everybody with oleander. hmm That happened. There was the uh, part about bleach. Can't we just like inject bleach or drink it or something? Light. Remember light. Remember light? light? Wouldn't there be a way that we could Put light in us. <laughs> Sorry. We're not quite there yet, Sydney. We can't quite. Yeah, we're not quite there yet. Maybe after 2024 passes by without incident. And, and all sorts of like um, supplements and vitamins. I mean, oh, I know yeah. that there are a lot of people I heard for a while. They're saying like, well, if you just take vitamin D, you'll be fine. And that was based. And again, these are all based on such specious connections. Like, well, we think it hits people who have low vitamin D a little harder, but that doesn't mean that taking vitamin D will prevent you from getting COVID. Yeah. Um, there, uh, there also was uh, <laughs> Pfefferman wrote about at the time what he called the stupid factor. Okay. I am sorry if you find that term offensive. It is <laughs> what he called it. It is what he called it. Uh, but basically, like people who would be curious about the disease. And want to kind of go check out places where it was. Fair. I mean, yeah, that seemed to be. <laughs> I don't know. Do you think people were doing that much? I mean, do you think that sort of intentional, like, let me go poke around? I don't know if people were going. I I, mm, I mean, we do that during national disasters. I don't see why this would be any different. I don't know. I mean, I really think, I think what it what they were talking about was the idea that you cannot predict human behavior on using, like, logical, rational like, it, you cannot assume that every human is going to put 
their continued survival at the top of their list at all times. Right. That doesn't mean that everybody doesn't want to live, essentially. But your order of priorities will shift, and continuing to live <laughs> is right. not always right at the top of your thoughts. The other things will take precedent at the moment, and maybe underneath it you still have this larger goal, but other things get in the way, sometimes without your choice and then sometimes because you just really wanted to go on spring break. I don't know. I mean, that happened too, right? Like there yeah. were people who just really wanted to go to get they on with their want, lives. They just really wanted to, so they, they did. <laughs> so they just did it. Um, and, and you know, mathematical models also don't account for things like, like journalists or, or, like I said, doctors or public health researchers, people who, like, might just get closer than they should to the whole thing. Um, and like I said, this was controversial because there were other uh, researchers who basically said – you know, none of this is uh, applicable to real life because w death in World of Warcraft is not death in real life. Mm -hmm. So whatever players did in response to a fake death cannot be applied to how humans act in the face of real death. Mm -hmm. um, so l like I said, the idea that everybody just agreed this would, you know, this would happen was not, was not true. Um, however. However. Here we are, and uh, the researchers, especially Lofgren and uh, Pfefferman, have been interviewed um, throughout the pandemic. I found multiple articles where somebody remembered this and called them and said, hey, <laughs> how do you feel watching this play out? You know. Yeah, right. You know, and basically, I mean, their response is, we told you so. <laughs> you know, the, we, we, this was our concern, and they were actually called upon to be part of some of the, and I don't even think it was necessarily because of this work they did, because they're epidemiologists and this is what they do. But they were taking part in some of the modeling uh, that happened with COVID, and they said this, like, all of this irrational behavior that we saw during World of Warcraft, not maybe not every single thing to the last letter, but you can see a lot of that mimicked in our response close. to COVID. Yeah. Um, that just like, you know, because, and I think that what's interesting is that it tells us two things. One, it tells us that um, looking to these sorts of things as models of how, you know, diseases, how, how humans react to disease, not just how diseases are spread, but how human behavior will inform the continued spread or lack of spread of a disease. Um, but I think it's also interesting that at the time there were people who argued, yes, this is a game. And yes, death in a game is, of course, not equivalent to death in, in real life. Uh, but the players who are really involved in WoW mm -hmm. are not making that distinction. Emotionally, there, there are many of them who may be every bit as involved. And I'm not saying it's the same thing. I am not saying that. But, I, but the, they're making decisions. There's probably some, but like. That some of them are making decisions on an emotional level that are equal to some of the decisions on an emotional level we would make in real life is what I'm saying. I'm not saying that people believe the game is real. some delusion. I know, but No, it's, I'm not saying they're delusional at all. Games games are designed to bypass the part of your brain that teach, tells you, like, this is not real. So, like, you do buy in, in much the same way that you get scared by a scary movie. Right. right. Like on an emotional level, you're responding to right. this similarly to the way you'd respond to yes, real life. For sure. That is what I'm saying. For sure. I don't mean, I do not mean that anyone playing World of Warcraft thinks it's real life. I know that they don't. Or even cares as much as they do about 
No, right. but it's triggering an emotional response in you right. that is not. Um, I just got to stand up for we the gamers, Sid. You understand. This is not offensive. I know, but uh, us the gamers have been so maligned over the years that we the gamers have to stand together uh, against scientific types who think we can't tell reality from, from what I am saying. Our precious, our beloved games. You, you likened it to horror movies. And I think that the point that I would make is we have accepted for a long time that. Um, a really well-made piece of art or media can have a huge emotional impact on us, right? Mm -hmm. We accept that with, like, looking at, you know, Michelangelo's David, you know, or looking at a a Da Vinci or uh, listening to your favorite symphony. You know, we accept that we can have some sort of— Don't make me juice— (laughs) we all know my bias towards music with words but my point is we have all accepted that these things have like deep emotional responses and the video games obviously can do that too that is all i'm saying this is a defense of games that i just put out there as you're always doing defending us the gamers um well thank you sydney that's interesting yeah but i but i thought it was really interesting you can find like i said they mainly interviewed um they mainly interviewed these uh, researchers sort of in the beginning of the pandemic. Like a lot of these articles are from 2020. Um, and they're still sort of guessing like at that point, they're like, we're starting to see some things that you predicted in your research. And, you know, that, and they were like, well, yeah, because, you know, uh, Pfefferman said it's not just that people were role playing, people were being themselves in the game. And so when they then were faced with this in real life, they continue to be themselves. Um, but there are definitely many, uh, Many parallels that you could draw between COVID nineteen and the the corrupted blood incident. So, so the question that Bailey asked, and and we've had other people email in to to mention this because certainly when we did that episode, I was not thinking how real, yeah, how real it would get, <laughs> it would become. But I I think it is it is an interesting um, argument that using something like that, using some sort of open world role-playing game. Yeah. Is that accurate? Sure. That's all good stuff. Um, Would be, uh, because the research they were trying to get going back then that Blizzard wasn't really thrilled about because the whole thing was kind of a debacle. Um, But that research is worthwhile. Yeah. Um, Because if we had listened to these epidemiologists a little closer back when all of this originally happened. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe we would have been a little less shocked at how we all sort of went, you know. Bananas. Bonkers. Thanks for listening to Sawbones. We hope you enjoyed yourself. Thanks to the taxpayers for the use of their song Medicines as the intro and outro of our program. We got a book. It's called the Sawbones Book. Yes, we do. Get it wherever you get books. You know, it's an audio book too, if that's more your speed. I assume you like listening to us talk because you're listening. To us talk. Uh, but that is going to do it for us. Until next time, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. All right. Yeah. org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.